The whiplash is flipping real. <laughs> Monday Night Raw, Jesus Christ. Uh, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. It's Tag Team Turmoil. Yippee! Yeah, it's, yeah we, we had this book end the show. At the start, we had uh, RK Bro come out and kind of put everything forward. And then we went very quickly into the match after a Lashley type thing. I want to be in here too. Then we get into the actual match. <laughs> and it goes for like the first hour or so. It'll be a tad shorter. And then we get to the... I just realised I was holding a guitar, guitar pick. <laughs> put that down. But yeah, then we get to later in the show as well. Where we then had the second half of the match. We'll get to the reasons why. So we, this book ended the show and... Personally, that in terms of I'll uh, get my like overall thing out of the gate. This raw went by a lot quicker than other raws. Does that mean it's good? It by its own bar, yes. However, the, the other thing I want to preface this review with is that the whiplash is real. I may come across as a bit harsh. I may go on tangents of comparison. That's purely because, and this is this is something luckily that I am used to. But again. Uh, after this quite a few times. Uh, New Japan is my number one promotion. They're my... Uh, after this, I'm appearing on a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, keeping it strong style. <laughs> so I'm... It's a busy, busy week for him. But the... Um, like, when the uh, Wrestle Kingdoms, when they were at their highest and we would come over to... Uh, back to WWE, that was the thing. Like, the whiplash. Like, the quality going from Wrestle Kingdom to WWE Raw... Raw was so incredibly difficult to watch, felt so long, so boring, standard, flat, coming off of such an exciting weekend uh, over in Tokyo. Going back to Raw, it's just, it feels so bland in comparison. I, I say that <laughs> because the thing I want to face this with is we are just coming out of AEW All, not, All Out, which was not just an AEW pay-per-view, but one where they just blew the doors wide open and put on the most exciting possible show they possibly could. As they had the most eyeballs on them from the CM Punk debut, they then just went all out. <laughs> just, and I meant that bloody pun. I didn't write it, but I meant it. Uh, but that means when you come over to Monday Night Raw and they're kind of in standard a couple of a few weeks out from a pay-per-view and a few week, and a couple of weeks since their last one, they're currently in kind of they're not even geared to directly building Extreme Rules with every single thing they're doing. They're, built, they're at the step before that, where things are happening which then lead to the build to Extreme It's all the build to Extreme Rules, but I mean like the direct bit. They're not at the direct bit yet, compared to what we just came off AEW, which is like their big WrestleMania thing. So that's just like, thing one of the faces with. Personally, I am massively hyped about wrestling right now. But it's not WWE and W and Monday Night Raw. In comparison to All Out, the reason I brought Wrestle Kingdom because it's the same thing. In comparison, it just feels bland. It feels flat, kind of standard. That in compa in comparison to what I saw at the weekend, there's just no excitement. <laughs> there's just uh, after such an exciting show, 
Modern Light Raw just isn't that. And... But I need to... When I compare more, I kind of... I do it on its own standard. Luckily, being a New Japan fan, I'm used to this. <laughs> so I feel like I'm, I'm maybe relatively, relatively well-equipped <laughs> to actually like, no, I recognise the whiplash. I'll do my best to review Raw as well as I can. Be it, again, I'm... I'm used to this whiplash. It happens every single January. Now I've got AEW. It's happening with AEW as well. Go out for one of their pay-per-views to tune into more. Nothing's happening. <laughs> it's just... Oh, what, yeah. That said, at least this week's show did have direction. I was really worried. Uh, when I went to bed, I was reading the reports about what was actually happening, where Vince McMahon wasn't at the show, Bruce Pritchard was running things, and uh, quite often within that chaos, the show just isn't very good. That's normally what happens. However, what we got was a tag team turmoil, which meant that he, they didn't need to come up with lots of different segments because he got two whoppers, <laughs> which is just... And they split it in two as well, so they could, I guess, prolong the matches within there. Instead of just going, having to blast through eight matches in an hour, split it in half, he got a bit more time to work with. Uh, but it's tag team turmoil. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna... And that was pretty much the show. And like when it ended, I was just like, what do I even focus on? Like, um, quite a few sites focused on, I say quite a few, I saw one, <laughs> focused on Omos and Lashley showing down. Just, well, well what is this going to be uh, possibly leading to? What are this testing the waters for? And, but really, I was just like, well, the show is about the tag team turmoil, so I guess I'll talk about that. <laughs> it's just, there's, um, it 100%. Wasn't wasn't that exciting a show? But I also I can't say it's like a one out of five. Nothing happened. It's not one of them. It's not one of those shows. Stuff did happen. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're currently so hyped by AEW and think, well, WWE's trash. How could you just give it anything better than? Like, no, trust me. Like this show was competent enough. I wouldn't call it exciting. I wouldn't say it felt like a show where a lot happened or it made me as a wrestling fan excited to tune into the next episode. But it did actually build something, did do something, it didn't damage any characters. Most of the beats were positive. The show, for once, didn't feel overly long to me. It's 100% down to the Tag Team Turmoil stuff. Uh, most weeks it does, which is why I started tracking the fatigue point to figure out, well, when is it? What point of the show happens that makes me feel the fatigue? I didn't get one this week. So, maybe I'm just feeling good about wrestling. <laughs> and the other thing that worried me, uh, waking up seeing quite a few... Not everybody, obviously. I like me as well. I was somebody who did tune into Raw, but to see quite a few people saying, I that they specifically didn't watch Raw last night because they want to stay excited about wrestling and tune into Dynamite on Wednesday, like coming off the hype of that. It's just like, in like obviously this is the wrestling bubble fans. However, if hardcore fan, if there's like a pickets of like, sections of hardcore fans doing that, then uh, that's a sign of something. <laughs> and the shifts WWE are making are not to that base. It's interesting. We'll, we'll see long term if WWE are perfectly fine losing that kind of fan or not. Uh, are they just assuming you won't start watching this? Which I think is a mistake. Like, I'm I'm not normal. I'm doing this for a website. I've said many times, I would not watch this show <laughs> if I wasn't covering it for a website. It's just, that's just how it is. It's not a very good show. And the bar, and when I say this was a decent episode of Raw, I'm talking like on a normal scale, it's two or th like three at max, but I'm probably, 
Uh, I don't know. I didn't hit fatigue points. Maybe two or three out of five. But that's that kind of thing I'm talking about. Like for this show, this was a decent. I'm, I'm, I'm edging on good. <laughs> I'm nearly there. I can't do it. <laughs> but it was a decent episode. Uh, let's get through the tag team turmoil. It's quite a bit of stuff to get through. Uh, first off, the way that the show opened. Like, man, the presentation of this, where they had, like, quick cuts between teams speaking to camera, it just felt so out of a past era <laughs> of uh, wrestling and the way TV's presented. Like, that said, the whole thing is something different from the norm, so thumbs up from me. It's something different. Like, we at that point, just being different is a positive when the bar is this low. <laughs> uh, keep, uh, dear Migna, back after All Out. Uh, don't watch Raw live anymore. I can't imagine watching this show live. Because I'll be honest, even though I review this, there are points where I just go, this entire segment's pointless, I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> or, I won't not skip it because I've got to review it, I'll skim. So at least if I see something like a beat happening or something that might, like, might look quite nice, then I'll go back and watch it. But I can't imagine watching this so live, show live and having to sit through everything. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, even though I review it, no, no, if, if a segment is... Like, it's just a waste of time. Like, I, I saw um, Viper, Piper, talking. Forgot on a WWE... A Dewdrop. How did I forget that? She was giving an interview to camera. And I just... I was like... Oh, I can see... I know how much time is left, because I'm watching this after the fact. You're not going to have a match. And this isn't going anywhere. I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> so, I literally just skipped a promo. Uh, apologies. She's an, she's an awesome... She's an awesome wrestler. She's a great person, uh, from what I can tell. However, the character's dog shit, <laughs> and I just don't really care either. Uh, anyway, let's get through the tag team turmoil. There's a fair bit to get through. So, Monday Night Raw, September 6th, kicks off with RK Bro, and they're catchphrasing us into the show before Riddle runs on about nothing in his Riddle fashion, Bro. Uh, Lashley and MVP interrupt with their beef after Orton RKO'd the champion last week. Uh, another thing, when because I, I didn't review the show last week, I'm doing a little change to my format, my schedule, and I used last week to do a little reset mentally for me. Uh, didn't watch Raw. This that's my thing, and I did watch AEW. I did. Uh, I didn't watch. Didn't watch SmackDown, but that's just because it was the uh, Wrestle Grand Slams for New Japan. So after I watched Rampage, when am I going to watch SmackDown? I went. I woke up early because I had a delivery at like before eight in the morning. <laughs> Damn you. But that meant it was perfect for me to get up, watch Rampage, go straight into Wrestle Grand Slam. Because I, I don't have time for SmackDown now. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, yeah, didn't watch Raw, so I didn't know this. So personally, I quite like them doing the little recap. Uh, Bobby wants in-ring revenge. Orton agrees as long as the WWE Championship is on the line. And immediately, I'm just going to say, right now, I can tell. I can make, I can say words good. <laughs> After review of All Out, I was just so incredibly tired going... Like, signing off at, like, 20 past 6 in the morning. Oh, it feels good to be able to say words. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, the beef of the Orton after is RKO'd uh, him last week. Bobby wants the in-ring revenge. Orton agreeing as long as the WWE Championship is on the line. And, whoa, 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 hold on now. you got too much dip on your chip. <laughs> MVP with an alternative. <laughs> no, no, let's not do that. Uh, the, that title match takes place at Extreme Rules. And, uh, oh, and Lashley's going to have a chat with Adam Pearce to get added to the turmoil match. Everyone seemed happy with that. Yeah, uh, Orton, Orton seemed grand with the idea as well. I was like, oh, I get my title match, don't really care when it is. <laughs> it's, that's what I kind of like about Orton, where he does the babyface stuff, but they haven't eroded all of the heel. That was the issue, obviously, with that way back in 2004. Where he went full from 
evil evolution heel to purest babyface in the world. And then you come back to his other run where he kind of still, he eroded a little bit too much of the heel. This time, I feel like he's nailing it. It's, it's purely to play off the Riddle character. He, his character hasn't really changed at all. So I really like just a little thing here where it's just um, like, you, you can't have your title match tonight. And he's like, I still get the title match, don't I? Yeah, oh, fine. <laughs> Why would I complain about that? Anyway, the turmoil. Eight teams in one mighty game of King of the Hill. An hour-long quest with winner stays on gaming rules. The last remaining team becomes the number one contenders for the tag titles. And this did fill out the bulk of the show. Because it's eight matches. <laughs> eight matches within one turmoil. And, like, really? Whenever they've done this in the past, as well, those episodes have just felt so much better. Smackdown, when they've had, like, one or two and it goes into the gauntlet. Like, that show feels special. And one of it all being so incredibly long. Personally, I didn't mind how they did this. Purely because they didn't, like, squish either end of this turmoil. Because it did get split in two. There was something that happened after the fourth match. And they cut it in half. Like, right, we're going we're gonna to take a break. going to give you time to recover. And then you can come back for the second half. Uh, I like that. Personally, I was a fan. So, starting off with New Day... Yeah, big old New Day. <laughs> I love the New Day. I could watch them be champions, like, infinitely, pers personally. And the no-pop Viking Raiders. That, that, that hit me, that did. <laughs> no reaction. Uh, a more striking feeling coming off of the every single person is over feeling from AW All Out this past weekend. Again, that's why we faced it at the beginning. We're coming off of All Out. Mentally, the comparisons are just there. Uh, probably won't be next week, but they're there right now. So, the Raiders so heavily featured since their return that the production felt the need to air a video package explaining them. Little point about how well, the, how much they've been used. Unsurprisingly, an entertaining back and forth between these two, uh, but the winner was never in doubt, which will be a little theme for this first half, as Xavier Woods secured the most devastating move in WWE, the small package. And we move on. Uh, one thing I'll say about Woods. The... Uh, it's great getting to see, especially in singles matches this past year. He's there's a few people on like Raw who just who just out in amazing form. And personally, I feel like Woods is on an absolutely great run. And uh, one thing from I think it was just from Battle of the Brands with him and Breeze uh, over on Up Up Down Down, where they play SmackDown versus Raw 2006, I think. And they play GM mode on that, and they've got their own separate rosters. Bring GM mode back. Personally loved it. I like this like, slightly more passive mode. Not everything has to be guns blazing. It's like, no, no, they'll step back, and you work in your little office, you got your rosters and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, one of the jokes on there was Woods saying that one of the things he really wants to build up to uh, is he, he hits so many things on the small package, but you're building up to the ultimate one, which is a small package off the top rope, <laughs> called the big package. <laughs> and I absolutely love that idea. <laughs> Uh, it, obviously there'll be most of the audience will not get the reference or what's happening they'll just go oh another another roll up win or another sudden pin win and I'm just like he just hit the big package <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and I love the name for it it's brilliant uh, anyway we move on to the next match New Day versus Jinder Mahal and Avia we're gonna again spotting that little theme here of oh we're seeing teams that haven't really been teams in this it's like yes yes you are uh, immediately into the next pairing as the big lads speed on down. Like, hey, we've got eight matches to fit in this turmoil. There is no time for full entrances here. <laughs> no no slowly walking down and waving to the crowd like the Queen. Uh, somewhat similar to the first, 
a wee back and forth, but the likelihood of Mahal and Villa winning was always so small. Uh, at least they didn't faff about and outstayed their welcome. The baddies on top running through the ad break, but New, New Day won pretty soon after. Next up, New Day versus Lucha House Party, number three in the turmoil. And this is where the theme hit me. Ah, yes. This first half, it just feels like the building up New Day, getting them wins, and we'll see how far they go. A rare showcase for Raw's tag division, this turmoil. But that means like any teams that isn't one regularly featured was never in a chance of advancing. But the house party with the longest string on top of New, uh, of New Day so far. A wee little shift in the overall match as wariness started to show. Woods reversing Metalik into a face plan and pin for the win as Kofi held on to Dorado to stop him coming in. Then in come the big boys. Mason T-Bar, number four, or number five, because it's one and two. The first opposition to be regularly tag team featured on Monday Night Raw. So, okay, finally, we're at that point now. From now on out, it's going to be guys we've actually been seeing on TV each week. Uh, still several rungs below Woods and Kingston, but there's at least a chance <laughs> with this one, I guess. Uh, Mason T-Bar dominate as the evidence of New Day's fatigue shows more and more. Again, personally, if I'm not going to rate these individual matches because this is like one big one and this was like a key point of the match of the New Day fatigue, so it did its job this bit. Uh, but that most devastating move succeeds again. <laughs> Woods reversing Dijak's inverted GTS into yet another roll-up. Uh, Mason T-Bar livid and they beat the crap out of the lads after the bell when out come Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. And this is where the incident happened. Uh, the match put on temporary hold, as the hot-headed man saw doesn't heed Ali's warnings and charges right into the big lads, Ali soon joining with a good damn, <laughs> and right into bumping like a boss. Uh, Mason T-Boss fury knows no bounds, <laughs> charging down with steel steps and launching all four guys into ring post to lead us into the authority rundown ad break. Uh, as soon as the authority came down, I'm like, yeah, this is, cra this is a crap trope. <laughs> the authority thing, they really just... Again, it's coming off of AEW, where it's just not a thing. And I'm like, for me, they're not being a GM and I'm not feeling like they've got to play to the GM thing. The GM run out to sort everything out. Yeah, because for me, if you want your guys to like, not that you... They, they have, yeah, the Fury knows no bounds <laughs> with that Mason T-Bar in utter destruction. The thing that absolutely just, just dampens all of that is if... Like, two authority figures come out and go, oh, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, but the big, the Fury knows no bounds. <laughs> the Fury knows no bounds. Why would they stop for the suit person? <laughs> it's just, personally, uh, I was excited when they shifted to the Fox USA thing. And for a little bit, we didn't have authority figures. But they couldn't help themselves. They don't know. They've forgotten how else to write wrestling. <laughs> Which is a shame. Because uh, I watch AEW, it's like, no, they're all the better for it in AEW. Yeah. Personally, WWE, in terms of the things I would fix with WWE, in terms of their structure, the way they run their shows, I'd truly stop authority figures. Anyway, that's a massive tangent. Uh, they, yeah, just, they beat down the competitors so they couldn't start their match, and instead of, well, you're both eliminated, or, well, whoever can't get to their feet is eliminated, or you're going to have to wrestle anyway, what they did was they put a halt to the match, and gave the competitors time to recover as the turmoil will be picked up later in the show. Uh, this also used uh, to promote that Lashley MVP would officially be in the match after when they were talking to RK Bro earlier. It was like, well, I'm in a big match. <laughs> and then they went off and got it. Uh, we'll jump to the main event. 
which was the second half of this turmoil. Uh, and straight into New Day versus Mustafa Ali and Mansour for Turmoil Part 2. Uh, back to our scheduled programming as Kofi noticing a really strong woman in the crowd. Before they, this was when he came out, the music was playing and walking down the ramp, and he spots this woman in the crowd <laughs> who's uh, really buff, and he's like, oh, and then Kofi starts posing at her, and she poses like, at him. <laughs> he's like, mm, kudos. <laughs> it's just a really nice little exchange. <laughs> uh, obviously, it was just the fact they're doing their entrance, they meant to be doing the thing Kofi was so distracted it's <laughs> just like wait a minute you're in incredible shape <laughs> she's like yeah I am <laughs> like, good for you uh, both Woods and Mansoor going for the most devastating move rolling each other up to near falls as Woods back becomes more and more worn down uh, every time he kicks out he's like oh this isn't good uh, Mansoor with sympathy as Ali goes mental at him for it. It's like, no, if his back's hurt, and kick him in the back. And eventually just, and takes himself in and starts to do it. And that just leads to uh, yeah, the team not together and New Day, the veteran tag team that they are, immediately separating them and just two on one beating down Mustafa Ali for the win. So, yeah, this time it wasn't entirely Mansoor's fault. I mean, it was Mansoor's fault. And with Ali here, kick him in the back. <laughs> He's got the weak point there, don't you? To show the sympathy thing, but yeah, it's it a nice little, uh, uh, little animosity little there, there between them. I hope they don't break them up. I really do like Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. My worry is this is leading to a match at Saudi Arabia. Personally, keep them together. Don't have to break them up. Don't have to do it. Uh, New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos was up next. The penultimate match in the turmoil. Jimmy leading into the ad break, teasing. They can't even stand up. How can they beat Styles and Omos? Um, my Jimmy impression's not the best. <laughs> I need to put an American tongue on it, maybe, given he's American. Uh, the wear and tear finally catching up with the Turmoil Kings. The team that beat them at WrestleMania were too tall a task this far into a gauntlet. <laughs> it's because Omos is really tall. Uh, the New Day lads refusing to give in. Kofi even nailing the trouble in paradise on the style man, only for Omos to give him a wee nonchalant kick, just casually strolling up and tap. <laughs> to break up the pin. <laughs> it really made me laugh. <laughs> this big hawk of a man just... Ugh, like he's rolling over the... I don't know. The sheet of his tiny companion. <laughs> it made me laugh. Like, uh, wake up. <laughs> anyway, the big man helping with the beatdown to lead into the Styles Clash. And that's the end for New Day. Nope, this wasn't a Kofi Mania era gauntlet. Where New Day survive all the way to the end. And you got that massive pop from the fans. Uh, this were, I don't know, maybe from that they're like, we can trust you to do this, we know this will work, but you're not winning. Like, you're going to win like six matches. <laughs> uh, that's the other side of this turmoil. It's exciting in the moment, and then bigger pictures. I mean, New Day beats six of these teams <laughs> with relative ease. <laughs> uh, but then into the final, AJ Styles and Omos versus Bobby Lashley and MVP. Two heel teams. However, the booking did seem to flow a little bit more one way. But Florida was chanting for the hometown man in MVP before he immediately tagged out. I was like, oh, brilliant. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. It's just that they were chanting for MVP and he was, they was like, yeah, MVP is my time. And this is Florida, Miami. Uh, but you can see it like, I'm meant to be the bad guy here. This match just got me like solidly booked as the bad guy. The way this plays out, we are the baddies. So MVP to immediately to get a little bit of heat, just immediately tagged out. <laughs> I really liked it. It didn't work. They popped when he got back in. <laughs> but still, it was, a, it was nice in the moment. Uh, the crowd popped to the biggest, though, for the sight of Bobby Lashley and Omos having their contest of strength. It's like, oh, 
Ah, uh, yes, the big boys. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, they're so big. They're so sweaty. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm assuming Amos is sweaty. He's wearing a lot of clothes. He surely is. That said, uh, this was. I feel like this was like a testing of the waters moment where they've put a lot of work into Omos and just to tease the waters that little bit of how would they how would they feel if we started to give them a little bit of a nudge? How would they feel? And they responded really well. The thing with Omos, though, is right now especially, uh, I feel like he's, he's surely learning a lot from AJ Styles and the, the role he's been in and the kind of learning, the perfect way to learn on the job for Omos. Um, right now, though, he feels like the kind of guy who is perfect in small doses if you give him a proper nudge i'm not sure but that's why you test the waters that's why you do this sort of thing he had a singles match for the first time like just starting to nudge and give that a little bit more often um in over months don't have him win the rumble please <laughs> please don't but if you keep like nudging and giving a, giving a little bit more testing the water putting your foot further into the water just to test it a little bit more yeah, why not? He passed this test. The fans were really up for it <laughs> in Miami. Uh, but our business baddies in Lashley MVP were treated like heroes in Miami. <laughs> Just properly hometown heroes. Uh, the booking was, didn't place that narrative at all. They didn't even consider that idea. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, in Miami, they're incredibly over. Uh, as the booking, though, tells me that they're meant to be like, meant to be impressed with the other team. They're meant to be the ones getting the big reactions. And uh, Omos getting to t- show his strength as the, crowd, as the crowd were chanting, Barbie, Barbie. Uh, the match breaking down at ringside as the lads brawled into RK Bro's direction. Omos seemingly the more distracted, taking out Riddle as Styles finds himself missing the phenomenal forearm and speared into defeat. And uh, next week we get Lashley and MVP versus RK Bro as we build the WWE Championship match at Extreme Rules. And the final note to remind you of that, Randy Orton RKO's Bobby Lashley once again to a huge pop from the crowd and his RK Bro is Randy Orton's music that ends the show. Yeah, the turmoil as the, uh, they know how to book gauntlets. It's fair to say. <laughs> Whenever WWE had done one of these, it seems to always work and make the show a bit more entertaining the turmoil itself. Or even if some of it felt like it, I can skip through this because we know who's winning, we know it's going to play out. Uh, Woods winning with the roll-up quite a few times. It did mean in those later matches when he's going for the roll-ups that he's won so many times, he's just expecting it. <laughs> but So it's a bit more tense in that way. Uh, so uh, they got to use that to advantage. Um, yeah, decent turmoil. Again, oh, I say, I say better than decent. The turmoils are always fun. This one was no different. Crowned, new no more contenders, and it's immediately building to next week. And... It's a nice way to build to Extreme Rules without just having the same interactions every single week, which is like my main concern with WWE. It's just that once you're in a feud, you're seeing that, that pairing over and over and over. And it's just like, ah. Like, and even if it's not identical, quite often you'll get very similar. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. And the way to build to a tag team match. Have the tag champions lose to the tag team. Then you have single matches between the two uh, between the competitors. Then you rotate. And then you have the title match. It's, like, oh, it's just so formulaic. <laughs> do, do we do that so often? And we're 100% seeing it in the women's division. I'll be so shocked if next week we don't get some form of singles match with Natalia Tamina, Rory Plinica Cross. I'll be so surprised. <laughs> uh, it seems to be where they're going. Anyway, turmoil, thumbs up for the, for the entire thing. And it seems to send the crowd ho- like out 
happy, ex excited for the Randy Orton Bobby Lashley stuff. RK Bro are incredibly over, and seemingly so is Bobby Lashley and MVP. Like if Florida are any, if Flo Florida, I know, I know the thing about Florida. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting state. However, if they pop like Florida, then we're in for a good time. We are in for a good time, but both acts felt over, which is nice to say about WWE. So everyone involved, it's surely going to go well. As long as they, you know, actually give us the match. <laughs> Which is their crutch. <laughs> That's their big problem right now. The the like the previous week doing like a nice, really big hype, building to something next week, and then just not delivering on them. <laughs> oh, that was, I didn't review last week's Raw, but it's just the fact that they hyped and advertised three matches a week in advance, and at the weekend they were still hyping them. Like these three matches we said were on the show, this is just a reminder, these three matches will be happening on Monday Night Raw. And the show airs, and not a single one of them happened. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh it's, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go through the rest of the show in order. And I'm realising I might actually, because I try and keep this show an hour or shorter, and quite often I'm struggling. And I feel like I have rambled, but also, there's not really much else to talk about. In terms of what there is to talk about, there's not a lot of depth to some of it. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. This review might be one of the shorter ones, which might actually add to my statement that, yeah, it's just a bit of a flat show. It's fine. It's fine. So, first off, we got a number one contenders match for the United States Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Thumbs up to this. Uh, we've seen this pairing so many times in 2021, yet it slaps every single time. A physical clashing of balls as the two big lads lamp each other over for a tad. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match. <laughs> it's just... It's just the standard thing with WWE where I've been served the meal so many times, I'm not really hungry for it anymore. It's still a good meal, though. <laughs> it still tastes... I still recommend it for others. Uh, big lads forearming, big, la big lads launching, big lads suplexing off the top. It's all great. Uh, speaking of, a little spot I love with McIntyre going for a Glasgow kiss, but Sheamus had his mask on, so just head-butted the now-stunned lad back. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Uh, the ending five minutes or so were so good in its back and forth. Uh, both lads at that point of familiarity where the pace of it all is so damn fluid. Incredibly impressive with blokes of their size as well. Uh, McIntyre taking notes from Priest as he ripped off the Irishman's mask in the end. Instead, the idea backfires as Sheamus rolls him up and with a fistful of trunks to uh, steal the win. Um, fantastic stuff all round. McIntyre having none of it as he lamps the lad with the mask after the match and clocks him with a claymore, which I guess is a running theme. The victor of the thing then getting beaten up afterwards. It happened with the turmoil and this as well. Uh, with, yeah, RKO to the winner in Lashley and then Claymore to the winner in Sheamus. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah, damn it, D-Lo. Repetition <laughs> there. Uh, but it's uh, still a great match. Also, for me, this is an example where the roll-up is perfect and the... Uh, clutching the trunks, it was, it was momentum perfect, and if you want, you can make this a triple threat. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> uh, personally, I was, I was quite excited at the idea of McIntyre versus Priest, so maybe they're holding that off down the line, and first they're going to do a WWE rematch. WWE, so let's do a rematch. Uh, but you could do a triple threat. There are, there are ways you can go around this. It doesn't feel like... The reason I'm not, I'm not going, oh, they're doing another rematch... Well, we're not at the pay-per-view yet. There's a few, a few weeks to go, and they've given room for something else to happen. There is room for this to evolve yet. 
So I'm not looking at it as definitely it's just Priest versus Sheamus. So there's stuff to happen. I'm not going to put too much chip on dip on the chip. <laughs> that, that, that didn't work. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's not go crazy. Uh, anyway, Damien Priest watching backstage at the WWE uh, angle, just 25 degrees. Oh, that's, uh, you know, but better hope it's a non-reflection screen, <laughs> especially with all those lights. Anyway, uh, gets a wee post-match interview. Uh, the dialogue's still somewhat stilted, but, and I'll say this about another segment later as well, but it feels like the writers are finally somewhat getting a hold on this character. Like, as in, it feels a bit more like him and a tad less anyone could be reading this. Which is a massive plus. As that's one of, been one of my like biggest gripes with WWE in terms of their promos. Yes, they feel scripted anyway. Like As soon as the opening happened of the show and Randy Orton's in the ring and he, he's doing the script and Riddle's doing his bro stuff, I'm just like, oh, this, the whiplash coming out of All Out where I'm seeing this level of scriptedness and none of it feels natural. It's just like, ugh. The, that that really hit me. <laughs> okay, and a hundred percent, I know it does. It won't hit me as strong next week. It's purely because of the all out stuff. Like I've been that engaged with a promotion that does things so differently to then go to back to WWE. You're like, oh yeah, here we are to the heavily produced and scripted nature of something. It's like, oh, oh yes, okay, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Championship contenders matches are back. <laughs> Yay! I don't know if they came back last week uh, when I last watched Raw. They just stopped doing them, but oh, they're back. They're back. They are back. Uh, the Championship Contenders moniker returns. A thin lick of paint over the kind of matches they've been booking on the regular for years anyway. <laughs> it's just like, fine. Uh, we also got a Uyghur a skit for Raw's third odd couple team. You've got Arcade Bro, you've got Ali and Mansour, and you've got Cross and Ripley. Okibro is so successful, they've repeated it twice. <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, yeah, Nikki dubbing them super brutality to Ripley's sigh. In the match itself, this was all about the, con the uh, contenders. They are using Nikki as a weapon, Nikki getting beaten down, Ripley with the hot tag as things break down, and, and Nikki getting close to being in danger, Ripley makes the save and gets the pin on Natalia. Natalia and Tamina have been champions that get pinned all the time. That is... That's been their reign. <laughs> the way to get over their opposition is to be pinned by them. Uh, it, it shows how thin the division is. When in like in a perfect world, you have Nikki Cross and Ray Ripley beat other teams that aren't the champions. And the champions can be there on commentary. They can watch on. I'm going to go to AEW again. Because immediately, my mind went to... I think it was in a slightly... They created a little tournament setting. But the point is... None of these teams were wrestling the champions and pinning them to get their opportunity. Uh, where, how do you get the champions in there? Well, they just brought out chairs and sat on the stage and watched the match. Didn't interfere. They were just there. Their presence was made. Do we do this all the time? They put the champions on commentary for something. But I'm really not a fan <laughs> of create contenders by beating the champions. Ugh, it's, it feels, feels quite lazy. Uh, for me, the women's tag team scene is the just... Ever since Bailey and Banks dropped those titles, like the way they've been booking the feuds, it's been the bottom of the barrel lazy. And uh, for me, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler far outran their course. But what else were they gonna do? It felt like a whole division's like, eh, they don't really care. And I've done this before. 
because of the way they presented the division and the kind of depth of stuff they're giving us with that division, the fact that it's the same stuff and it's not going anywhere, even with new people doing the wrestling <laughs> within the division, the way it's booked is identically the same. It's still the same bland stuff. So why would I engage with it? <laughs> You're telling me it doesn't really matter that much. So I watch it feeling that way. Because that is how you're getting across. That's what you're telling me. So anyway, Kevin Cross versus John Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the first time I've seen Cross in full gimp mode. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I've seen... I've, I think I saw part of the... I saw the image. And oh, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Because I made it my bloody image uh, when, I, like, when I last watched Raw. It's the second time seeing it. It felt like it hit me. I think it's because of the way it hit me. Because they had genuinely a much better presentation of him in the interview than he does his entrance and it hits me like I'd never seen it before <laughs> it's just just because he's been presented so much better like a second earlier and then he's dressed like a gimp to no reaction and it's all undone <laughs> it's like oh no so uh, first off uh, positive moist tv personally it's the kind of on edge of cringe humor that I'm a fan of it's super silly and I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, Moist TV taking place backstage in the backstage interview ring. Da -da 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 -da. Moist energy all over the place and puns are plenty as a cross then pouts stoically in his suit like Roy Kent in Ted Lasso. <laughs> like, it's seriously the best cross has been <laughs> since getting called up to the main roster, like since his raw debut. But it's nothing special and it's still pretty stilted slash jarring dialogue. But it's far, far better than anything else he's been given so far on the main roster. There's actual character to it. Ugh, fuck off. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> it's up to this. But then again, comes out just like a gimp. And it's just... Because <laughs> he he's in his suit as well. The way Cross looked there was so... like There was an actual presence about him. There was something there. And then he comes out dressed like that. It just it just all goes. It just it doesn't work. I'm I'm assuming it's all Vince because this screams something again. Like I was saying at the start of the show, this it screams something of a past generation that isn't gonna cut it now. So yeah. Oh, one final note. Maybe don't plug the fight against cancer as a woman shouts "fall and pray" in the background over and over. Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. I was just like, as soon as I, I'm just like, you can't do that. I just, I just kind of sigh, I just like, oh, <laughs> back in my chair. As it's Karen Cross's music playing, the lyrics fall and pray. They're shouting that over and over and over again. And then they start plugging Connor's Cure. I was just like, this is not the time. <laughs> it's just like, surely you don't plug this when this specific song, you, like, think it through. It, it, for me, it just it's a, a nice little reminder of the rushed unthought through nature of Modern Night Raw. Like, I'm assuming Smackdown sometimes has a bit of it, but, but it, it's not as bad as Raw. Raw feels so rushed so often, as in last minute ideas and things where things just aren't thought through. And uh, I'm assuming they hadn't thought where to actually put the Connors Cure plug. Why not? It's a decent kind of lulling momentum of the show. Why not put it now? But because there's a woman shouting to, to fall and die <laughs> in the background, it just... No, <laughs> don't play it now. Uh, just, just, a, just a random thought. It, it got a reaction out of it in terms of like, the, in terms of like dark humor. It's like, oh no. <laughs> um, 
yeah, just, just maybe don't. Uh, anyway. it, but again, it's a little, little, a little cosm, a little thing of an example of the show not soft stuff not being thought through. This is something if you th- if you're planning it out a bit more in advance, somebody picks this up. Um, but when things are so last minute and constantly changed, and it's not when that doesn't happen, this is the type of thing that kind of falls through the cracks. And <laughs> I can have that reaction of, "Oh, you should shouldn't shouldn't have paid the, paired these two segments together." Uh, the match itself was yet another great showing of John Morrison wrestling like a boss as his opponent looks a million bucks. Uh, at least when he's doing the wrestling, even though he's got he's dressed. Like an, it, like an ass. <laughs> I can't buy into him when he's just like that. Uh, choking the moist, uh, 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 choking the moisture out of Moist Morrison in dominant fashion. But I can't get over the way he's dressed. <laughs> it doesn't matter how serious he wrestles. As if I found that out, I'm just like, I could get used to it. Because I was, I was down on Keith Lee's attire when they brought him up to the main roster. I wasn't keen on them kind of just covering up him. Just purely because... Uh, there was so much him personally in the presentation across his music, across the way he talks, the way that he dresses, and everything got wrote back. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. However, Karrion Cross has also seen <laughs> things. And uh, yeah, it. Yeah. It's, and uh, the thing I found really interesting today was the video from Mick Foley, uh, if you've not seen it. I can't remember what he titled it. It's like WWE, We Have a Problem. And he just a quick like ninety second video where he's just making that point of if he was a wrestler now, this this is Mick Foley's words. If he was a wrestler now, he doesn't know if he would trust WWE to take his career in the right direction. And you and talk about examples of wrestlers getting called up from NXT and just being dropped to the wayside, or if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Getting just altered for seemingly whatever reason, and then there's the case of Carrying Cross where he turned into a joke. And um, that's, that's, that's my thing. His wrestling isn't much different than it was. When the bell rings, and especially when he's against someone like John Morrison, who can make him look amazing, this was a really good kind of building up match. Yes, there's the damage of the losses, so his dominant run is going to take a, it's going to take longer to get over, purely because it's still in our heads that what well, he just lost to like a lower mid-card former, like top, former top guy is now like a lower mid-card guy. So without much momentum, and you debut him, and he immediately loses. Well, that's our first impression now. It's going to take a while to get over that. But, even though the wrestling bit, yeah, it's fine. Even though that's the case. He still is dressed like that, and I can't get over it. It turns out... <laughs> uh, well, again, I normally do, like, the one-month test. Like, after a month, am I still... But this is, what, week three? So we're getting close to a month, and I still can't get over it. That's a worrying sign, as in no, he is dressed stupidly. <laughs> it's not. It's not just me in the moment throwing a little bit of a. Uh, they changed the thing. Like no, no, he is, he is dressed stupidly. <laughs> Can't get over it. Uh, anyway, next up, the Raw Women's Championship: Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. Using last week's breakdown to sell the two having utter contempt for each other. Commentary building. What's going to happen next? As the two refuse to look at each other during the introductions, and we're just like, okay, yeah. They're bloody leaning into this. <laughs> it's these two don't like each other and they're being forced to do a wrestle. Let's see how this goes. Uh, Shayna immediately up on, up on the ringside as well as the bell rung into a promo purposefully angering Naya seemingly. Uh, this one screamed going for a purposefully messy feel. Uh, like 
like what Shayna said could be a rib set to Vile Naya, uh, trying to recreate last week's kind of falling apart shoot feel. It didn't work, mostly because like right after they just had a match, <laughs> just a standard match. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, uh, hey, they're trying. I'll say this: it's something, and that's still an improvement over Raw's low bar of the summer, where there was so much nothing. It's like, hey, hey, it may not, I may not have bit, but it was something. They were trying something here, and there was effort put in. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, from their own low bar, this is higher. That's, that's kind of what I mean. I'm never going to give this show a high rating uh, in its current state. It's just, it's going to take something miraculous for this show to be worthy of getting a rel- any form of higher score. However, they they tried on this show multiple occasions. <laughs> So by that they they definitely beat their own bar. So at least there's that. It's one of the one of the better ones, one of the easier ones to watch. Uh, Naya on top with Charlotte up on the corner as Baszler cost her the match, distracting her at the crucial moment. And natural selection jumping off Brett's rope for the win. And the commentator is like, "Why would you cost your partner the championship? Like they've never split or fallen out before. <laughs> they have at least five or six times this past year. <laughs> they've split up only to rejoin again, and, and they've done a little wee promo of." Oh, well, I guess we're going to be wrestling again. I don't like you. I don't like you either. Oh, let's go out and be a team. Okay. And then a few months later, they're repeating the segment. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of evidence why this would happen. Lots of evidence. Are they finally splitting them up? Or was it something else? I don't know. Uh, anyway, the comment... Yeah, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Time for the Alexa Spooky Spook. As up on the Titan Tron, immediately after the match, and... Pops Alexa Bliss in the playground. Flair refuses to play, so Bliss teleports to her. The champion, unmoved by all of the attempts at Spooky, I want to say, um, I was just waiting for the... Like, during the talking, the lights would go out and then Bliss, Bliss would attack her. Purely because the there was the timing was off on one line. As in Charlotte Flair was saying the lines, and she... Alexa reacted to the line she was just about to say. And, I, and I'm kind of like... Oh, that sucks. Like, Charlotte... She, Charlotte made her speech feel really natural. And it, it sucked because the timing was just off. And I'm just like, oh, we're going to do... Alexa's going to appear in the ring. It's fine. Not the biggest deal in the world. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. I think I would say... If if I was Charlotte Flair, I'm going, oh, I'm re- oh, the timing was off and I've ruined the whole thing. No, you didn't. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> the whole... It worked. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. The timing was a bit off. So we all, so I know, I'm not going to say we all know, because I feel like it was just off enough where the majority won't pick up on it. It's fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm now just waiting for the Bliss to go to the ring, but they got to that pretty quickly. The champion, unmoved by all of the attempted spooky as Bliss points at wanting the title. Uh, fine, but this isn't your playground. It's mine. Uh, that's how Charlotte Flair sounds to me. Uh, hey, those, uh, those that like the Bliss Spooky Spook really like the Bliss Spooky Spook. We found that out when we did the Wrestling Headlines End of Year Awards. Those that like the Fiend stuff and all the spooky thing with it really like it. As in, it's like their favourite thing in wrestling. They are massive fans of it. It's not for me, but there's certainly an audience that eats this up. So, yeah, why not put it to that type of picture? It's a sizable audience. It's when I say where I'm not talking about a small minority either, because I um, can't remember how many thousand, but yeah, a relatively big audience folks on the, let's say, end of year awards. 
and Ray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss were like consistently like ranking third on the rankings of like their favorite WWE wrestlers or who, who they wanted to win like the best one or in terms of rivalries. They were consistently there. So it's a sizable enough amount of people. Uh, anyway, I'm going to finally talk about the 24-7 Championship. Yeah, that's right. I'm only showing the 24-7 Championship. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The, uh, actually, no, I'll end on NXT. So, the uh, Reggie versus Akira Tozawa. A we'd had a fun before the main event, so I'm not going to rib on it too much. If I didn't, if I didn't go mental on Big Show versus QT Marshall, which was a similar card position thing, where it's like we're going to be doing the main event soon. If you like a little toilet break now, is the time to do it. This is going to be perfectly harmless fun if you don't go though. Uh, yeah, making quick work of Tozawa before dodging all of the jabronis, which included Jeff Hardy, and just sent <laughs> Twitter into a spiral of what do you do with Jeff Hardy He's coming out with all the other 27 lower card jabronis <laughs> shout on Benjamin tweeting out I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world <laughs> Cedric Alexander was amongst them as well I was like yeah sucks that they're in the 24-7 jabroni state like oh there's so many talented people and Jackson Riker <laughs> within the 24-7 jabronis ah uh, yeah anyway a Drake Maverick also returns to Monday Night Raw, walking out as he's back on the main roster with the NXT changes. A nice reminder to me, like how little the 24-7 title has moved on in his time out. Like it was him and our truth all the time. He goes to NXT, and it's I mean, he gets fired, then goes to NXT. And well no, he literally did the cruiserweight thing, didn't he? And he got fired after that and then got rehired again, if I'm right. Anyway, they so he comes out, and I'm just immediately reminded, like, oh yeah, like they, they are in, <laughs> in the exact same state. You just swap in him. Reggie's been entertaining and stuff. He's like, yes, this is live. You're from the UK. Awesome. It's about ten to midnight. I've not recovered from all out. Not recovered from all out, Joe. <laughs> not recovered. Uh, I am about to uh, talk about the final thing, which is the revamp of NXT, which was promoted throughout this show. That's what I'm not even gonna pay any mind 24-7 stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, Jake Maverick walked out, I guess. Cool. The bigger point was Jeff, the the really high-quality wrestlers they had as the jabronis. Like, that really hit them. But yeah, um, the revamp of NXT debuts next Tuesday. The end of a run is happening in a... Is it about 10 minutes? I can't remember if it's, one, if it's like at 1am my time or midnight. It's one of the two. I'm not watching it. I'm recording. Uh, I'm guesting on a podcast, <laughs> so I'm busy. But the revamp happens next week, and yeah, it's sad. It's the end of an era. I I do feel kind of like vindicated in my column, which uh, as awesome as it was to see go uh, like viral, and it did very, very uh, the end. The NXT era is dead over at Wrestling Headlines website. Um, I think I think it's not on the main page now. Be under like the implications or something. But point being. When I posted that column, I got a lot of responses, and a lot of them, a lot of them calling me an idiot. It's like NXT. Well, to be fair, on the image I put NXT is dead, and then it was titled the NXT era is dead, not NXT the NXT era, and oh dear, <laughs> but me getting a little bit uh, in the Photoshop, I, I was just like, you know what? It's a bit, it's a bit wordy on here. If I put the NXT era is dead because I can't just put NXT era is dead I need to put the NXT era is dead I'm like it's just a bit wordy what if I take out the era just put NXT is dead that'll be fine won't it yeah turns out I've made it clickbaity <laughs> and the amount of responses calling me an idiot saying NXT is not dead 
What are you talking about? But I feel very vindicated right now. <laughs> so vindicated. It's just like, yeah, the entire column was about how N um, NXT, the NXT era for me, was when they were the cool alternative. And yes, NXT, have, they've had this era on TV, and it, this NXT might not be bad. That's the immediate thing I just want to say, that the new NXT, it might be fine. Like, my worry is, if they're going back to what NXT was, my worry is that it's two hours. The old NXT really works in... You would often get, like, a not really much happening, a developmental feeling episode. But with it being an hour, or, like, 45 minutes, then, yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, you don't have to... Like, it's, like, fine. It doesn't overstay its welcome, but at two hours, it's something different. And I feel like I don't know, as a developmental, uh, if the two hours could definitely work. But it might still be fine. It might be fine. It might not change... Oh, I say it might not change that much. Like, they're hyping it as if it's a big change. Like, it's happening next week, guys. NXT's getting completely revamped. Look at, look at how different this is. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, if that Pure developmental means to me a lot more lower key. Like, this is no longer... Like, there's no longer the conversation of, well, is it the third brand or not? But that's what my column was purely about. We got our answer. Uh, and I posted it like a month ago now. But the NXT era, where NXT, specifically when NXT were the cool alternative to the WWE main roster, that died the moment AEW debuted. And NXT was still an alternative, but it's no, it was no longer their era. And, with, and uh, obviously, it's not as... It's not like the day AEW debuted, it immediately completely switched. That's not how like that's not <laughs> that's not how eras happen. Obviously, it was more over time, and I feel like it's a hundred percent happened. This I guess the the full switch has happened over the course of this last month or so, with AEW gaining so much momentum, and NXT just like well, what do we do with it now? Kind of stuff. Uh, it's not a third brand. It's not an alternative. It doesn't create the style of wrestlers WWE want to have. So what is NXT? And they, they made a decision. And that's what this new NXT is going to be. Yeah, it's, it sucks, really. I loved that era of NXT. From, I guess, what, 2014? 13, 14? All the way to 18, 19? Before they debuted on TV. To be fair, that, that first half a year when they were on TV was absolutely incredible. Like, before lockdown. <laughs> before the whole pandemic happened. That era of NXT was incredible. And now we're at a complete revamp. Because, yeah. They got beaten by AEW. And, and they're not really a developmental. So they didn't work as a third brand or or our cool in-house alternative. So let's make them purely developmental again. That was a decision. Honestly, it kind of makes sense. Because what it, in terms of identity, what is NXT... And since they've moved to different nights, AEW is massively beating them. If if that's something they definitely care about. <laughs> We're seeing massive changes for a reason. That said, AEW is so on fire. It's their era currently. This is the, I guess, rise of AEW era? I don't know what to call it yet. I don't want to call it the AEW era. Because it's, it's not quite right. <laughs> it feels like there's an established alternative. It's not just the cool underground one. This is starting to feel become more and more established. The momentum is white hot right now. Uh, that's what do you call it? It's not NXT's era. That's what my column was about. It wasn't about me saying NXT is dead. <laughs> it's like no, it's being completely revamped. It's not their era. 
it's not there anymore. Uh, we got some great time. We had some great times, but now it's going to be completely worked over. And we've got my dream world is Raw's good, SmackDown's good, Dynamite is good, Rampage is good. That's my dream world. And uh, New Japan stops having Dick Togo booking evil as like he's like the person who should be like the face of holding championships for ages. Like no, <laughs> they're my wishes for wrestling. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the end of the review. I feel like a daddy on for ages, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicats, damn, so damn, and over on Twitch at the Implications with two S's. There's for wrestling headlines, the site itself. Remember to plug the site you're doing this for. Uh, wrestling headlines over on Twitter at Russell Headlines, that's Wrestle without an E, and over on Facebook at Wrestling Headlines as well. Uh, join the massive following over there. And I am now going to leave and talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling on a podcast that will be out. You can uh, follow my Twitter to keep up with that, or I guess follow the. Uh, Keeping It Strong Style Twitter, or Jeremy Donovan, or One Nation Radio, if you want to hear me talk about one of the different podcasts, Social Suplex, what I meant to plug. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear my thoughts on New Japan, I'll, I'll tweet them out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. I'm not going to go to bed. <laughs> this is the kind of proof I am not recovered from Sunday. <laughs> I'm all out. I went to sleep at about somewhere, before, somewhere between seven and half past seven in the morning. <laughs> like... I am not recovered. And it's like, oh yeah, do you want to guess on a New Japan podcast at uh, half past midnight? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, I'll be back on with this new schedule. So with the NXT change as well. This is, it's, I will just say, as a wrestling fan, it's the last NXT of its current era tonight, which is relatively big. However, I'm not covering it. I've dropped AEW back in, what, May, June? And I meant NXT. I'm tired. <laughs> so I... But I will be picking up Dynamite. So I'm reviewing Dynamite on Thursday. If you want to keep an eye out for that. Anyway, uh, that'll be at a similar time to this. So with that, I say thank you for listening and all of that jazz. Engaging in any form and any manner. Uh, feel, again, I always enjoy the conversations over on whatever platforms you engage in. Uh, and with that, I bid you adieu. I was about to say other things, but no, I'm going to bid you adieu. I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.